Rich Rollick is the co-founder of Wayfinder and also a close personal friend. In this episode, find out how he used technology to influence the classic map, why he came full circle back to a passion he had for guiding at 19, and why he wants to help people find the way back to nature. If we can connect people through the context of this information, we have warriors for nature. This is Finding Your Own Way with Rich Rollick. So this is very, very cool for us to be chatting together because this is the first podcast that I'm doing where it's not a stranger to me. We already have a rapport, like we just talked about your, you know, friends of, you know, friends of mine, but you also are married to my best friend. And so we've sort of grown together a little bit in the last few years. And I've watched you really develop and work on Wayfinder. And um, so tell us a little bit about Wayfinder. What is it? Uh, the elevator pitch, I guess, that we often say is we just, we've reinvented the guidebook and we've consolidated information to just get people out on the trails and make it exciting for all levels from an expert to a beginner. And that's basically the gist of it. So what's the story behind it, though? How did you get into this? What was your personal passion? You are a co-founder on Wayfinder, but you, you have Correct. some sort of personal involvement that put you on this path. What, what was that story? Well, um, I think as a designer, I, I've been a designer my whole life. Um, and what happened was I had a bit of a falling out with design. Um, I love it passionately, but suddenly I didn't know what I wanted to work on next. So I, I guess I, I started to pursue other artistic things. And in the back of my head, I always thought one day, uh, you know, the, the right design project will fall. And really, this just emerged. But And next thing I knew, me and a hiking partner were really discussing the fact that we were a little frustrated and a little, I guess, done with the existing formats out there for hiking. And we just started to say, well, what does that look like? Well, and I had a lot of ideas. He had a lot of ideas. Um and we just merged, merged them. And it just came together out of a couple torn sketchbook pages saying, well, this would do in this size. And, and we just tossed it back and forth. Two years later, we have a guide. We have trail associations who really think it's a neat product. Uh, we've kind of come together, uh, the full gamut of incorporation to get patents and, and just smart little things. We reanalyzed the way maps are done. And really, it was a passion project that blew up. And we found an audience that said, we've been thinking that same thing. Who was the audience? Uh, the audience would be hikers and um, trail users. And, and, and that's what's kind of neat. Like we thought as hikers, we were going to do a hiking solution, specifically hiking. And when we went in and catered it, suddenly people tapped us on the shoulder, equestrian people and mountaineers and climbers and kayakers and said, uh, by the way, that system's flexible. And we went, well, really? We looked at what they did and went, whoa, yeah, we see. So really, suddenly, it's people who use trails. It's people who get outside and want new adventures. Well, some of this stuff had to be tested on some really kind of fundamental beginner train to see if this worked. And we've gone into remote settings because, again, we spent two years testing this. We've taken apps with us, GPS is with us. We've taken all the latest things. And really, this just merged out of all of these things. And what's old is new again. Like, it sounds funny, but talking to users, they don't want apps. 
And as technology people, we instantly think we got crammed into technology. People want technology. And what we found is people were in these experiences to get away from technology. Yeah. And the more that they saw these 3D maps and the more that we saw these things, they just said, you guys, that's an artificial experience. And really what we wanted was to say, get out to nature and disconnect. Mm. Put your phone in, into to hiking mode. We call it airplane mode, I Yes, but put in a hiking mode and only use your smartphone as a camera and start observing and connecting with nature. And really, to do this, we started to investigate each of these little pockets and wonder what this was like. So we spun a bunch of concepts, you know, and maybe I'm kind of convoluted, but we really sequenced how to get this information out there to beginners, to mid-level, to experts. And we went, how do we keep everybody involved? How do we grow them? How do we put this on this trajectory? And how do we give them a brand experience that basically says, hey, these guys got me hiking and they've kept me hiking and and really make it a brand experience. And we were heavy on design because that's my background. Mm. So and it's kind of our way to compete and be, be a little different. This is all a narrative. This is all really conceptually structured and heavily branded. So that's our point of difference, right? And and we bring in a lot of game gamification ideas that just naturally have become a part of our pop culture. That we naturally brought these, they informed some of our thoughts and the way we reapproached five hundred years of mapping. You know, we talked about how weather conditions will erode at a trail and change it. How are you keeping it updated? Um, the way to update is kind of it's baked into even its format. Um. So one of the things that we did was I, I worked with book people and I worked with map people. So I looked at their problems and one of their problems is for them to make it economical and to bring the price points per unit down, you have to print high volumes, whether it's a book, 100,000 or a map that's 48 by like 36 because the press wants bigger volume. So we looked at it and we went, okay, we need to update our content maybe once a year, maybe twice a year. So let's first of all adjust it so we can print on demand. This is huge. This was informed by the web. We see print on demand all the time, sticker mural, all these different things are doing print on demand. So we brought that in. We reduced the size to 12 by 18. You can easily put it on a press anywhere in the world, cheaply, economically, you can use the paper. And suddenly what we did was by, by re-examining, we mean by re-examining the business of making these guides, we've made it affordable for anyone to do it. So we brought down a system that's easily renewable. Now by printing on demand, you're not wasting. If you have a thousand guides that are sold, you print another thousand. If it's time for an update, hopefully you're not putting all of them into the trash. Now, hopefully the other thing too is there's a lot of pressure for books and maps, even if they're inaccurate, to stay on the shelf because you, you, you can't bin or recycle 200,000 copies. So sometimes there, there's a bit of negligence on the fact of we need to save some money, whereas this is a system where you're not investing tons. You, you still have a really professional product, but out the go, you're printing on demand, and you can easily update, and you can stay current. And this is something the web informed us about, too, is dynamic content. How do we make things? And, you know, it's one of the faults of print in high volume. It's so far from dynamic. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where we bridged in. And now you can see kind of there's just a lot of different, I guess, skins to the onion. Well, and I think one thing you mentioned earlier when we were talking is is it's less wasteful. I mean, our impact, our 
our lifestyles, the things we've chosen, like the fact that this is the size of your iPhone or your smartphone, um, the fact that it is you print on demand, you're not as wasteful. Like that's that's huge. Yeah. And especially as we read even National Geographic in March and the end of garbage, like one of the things that we thought is we have such precious resources. Why don't we just be smart with them? And it's funny because even with this, like we're still in pursuit. Like, I don't know if you can hear this, but we love this paper for the way it's made. It has some environmental implications, but there's no way I want to be in a rage with wind blowing in. And suddenly we went, we love the environmental aspects of this paper, but doesn't have the right feel in suddenly it's the wrong paper we're now search we're still looking for that paper this has been a six-month search it, yes we want there are beautiful papers out there but we don't like the way that they're made so we're trying to find the, this union you know what i mean where there's functionality but then there's the common sense but then there's also the aspirational aspect so yeah there's just yeah there's so many like i said earlier levels to this this problem yeah, you've really thought through it. Well, that's the fun part. We get to design every single aspect from the way to, you know, from color to paper to touch. to And, and that's one thing, like, uh, I always think that a lot of my technology friends lack. I always looked at the photo of the astronauts bringing back these space rocks and these scientists pressing their faces against the glass with, like, long rubber glasses touching the rocks. And my technology friends were fine to touch the rock through the glass. But when I brought the hammer and smashed the glass and picked up the rock, I said, now we can design. They would say, well, whoa, it's dangerous. I'm like, well, everything's dangerous. Like, technology's adventurous. Pick up the rock. Pull your, pull your gloves out of the, you know, pull your hands out of those gloves. Touch this thing. Smell it. Because that sometimes, getting dirty has been lost in technology at times for me. Mm-hmm. And that was so fun about going the technology road, bridging all these things, and then coming back to a tried and tested piece of paper. <laughs> it's like, and it was funny, I heard a great quote a while ago, a guy, a guy on the radio was saying, the first technology we ever had, is, it was called the library. He's like, that is the greatest piece of technology on earth. Yep. Knowledge housed in a central place. I was like, whoa. So, you know what I mean? There's such simple technologies. I don't know why we want to complicate things. There's usually one sort of story or personal journey that someone goes on that impacts them. What's one hike you've done or one experience with Wayfinder that you feel has impacted you as a person? Oh, I thought about this one too. Um, I guess one hike for sure was limestone, um, limestone lakes. And there was, I, I guess for me, what really dawned on me at the end was we came back to the, the sign-in board and we had spent the whole weekend alone. We saw two people on the ridge on their way out and we went down. We spent, oh no, sorry, we saw, so we saw five people over the course of five days. And I thought, wow, this was amazing. So we get out really tough height. We go back to sign out of the, the, the trailhead, which even the trailhead itself was an adventure. And I love. Six people had tried after us and turned around. And I just went, whoa, with our guides, those six people might have made it. And I just went, whoa. And we had spent 
last five days recording our audio, checking our GPS. You know, it's this is screeds taking a picture, me drawing little doodles, you know, sitting at night drawing little. And it was so neat because suddenly I was like, now that I have to observe and, and, and not not that it's an obligation, but now that I feel a sense of duty to, to be accurate, wow, did I connect. And just the thought that six people signed in, one party of four didn't make it, one party of two turned around, didn't make it. I just went, wouldn't that be cool if they could have made it? And it was just one of those things that went, that information that we have is so accurate. And since then, we've done videos, and we're doing videos and posts follow-up, and people have said, I have tried that hike twice. Wow, I am doing it this year. And just these different things. And you're suddenly like, oh, we have an audience. And it, it just, it was dawned on me that we're actually doing something that's, I guess, wanted or perhaps, here's a big thing. In my mind, I went, maybe I'm creating something that the minute it shows up, people go, whoa, I didn't know I needed that. That's my, that, that's our hope. And I think when, when Mason and I looked at each other, we were just like, ah, fun. Let's, okay, let's get accurate and kind of let's get those people in there. And it was just, it was fun. It was like, wow, that is a purpose. You know what I mean? I'm not selling a car. I'm not, I'm not asking you to come and do this. I'm like, I'm asking you to get out there and connect with nature. And I was just like, that's, I can get behind that. That's admirable. And it suddenly it just started to go, okay, let's go. Yep, 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 yep. This is real. You know what I mean? Whereas before it was a project we just wanted to see out. We wanted to get it there. And, you know, seeing suddenly we had a system and testing it in more remote locations, I went, whoa, okay, we got something. So, yeah, it, to me, that was the real, the turning point when it was done. And I was like, well, maybe it's the elation of like five days of awesome, made it back to the car. Let's go, you know, let's go celebrate, get a pizza or some salt back in our body and beer. And yeah, it was just, yeah, all the way out to back to the ramp, right? Well, that's, that's, I love that because those are the passions. Those are the, rem remembering those moments are the reason you got involved in this in the first place, right? Was so that you could help someone reconnect with nature or those six people who might've made it if they had a, a comprehensive map. And so when we, you're looking at that, what do you think has been your greatest challenge on this journey and what's been the most rewarding part of it? Uh, the, the biggest challenge, oh, be accurate. You know, because as much as I got upset with the book and something, I went, well, oh, okay, you can't do that then. If that upset you, you've got to be accurate. So there's also a bit of a pressure, or and this is where a bit of obligation, to, to, to be accurate. And suddenly I'm like, well, what if I was misinterpreted, right? So that's the, the real challenge. But it's the, the fun part is it sure makes you accountable to your words even. Okay, you know what I mean? And you're looking for consistencies because suddenly turn south. If that's the, you know, if that's the logic you're going to go with, now it's turned south completely. So that's a granular detail, but all of these little things revolve around your brand and your brand experience. And the fact that we're dealing with something that's about correlation and interdependence, I really like that. I love that there's that pressure and that need to, to tenderly, tenderly construct and, and make sure that our graphics and our and our brand makes sense and is approachable right and there's so many good good examples out there of brands that do that perfect and then what would you say has been the most exciting 
part of this journey or the most rewarding part for you? The most rewarding part? The fact that I'm hiking. <laughs> it is funny because before the art college, I went to I went to Columbia College. I was going to be a mountain guy. That had always been my ambition. I was going to be a mountain guy. And it was so funny because the guy looked at me and was basically done a bit of research and was kind of like a little little knowledgeable of me. And he's like, you're 18. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I'm like, I'm taking a year off. I'm skiing. I'm climbing. I want to come to high school. He's like, average age of our guys are 26 to 27. He's like, I tell you what, you got eight years of playing around. I was like, but I, no, like, I, no, no, I'm ready to do this. He's like, no, if you're really serious about it, you'll be back. That's the average age. And he goes, I look at you and he's like, you could benefit from some time and experience. And it was funny, but he's like, ah, but I did see that you've listed a bunch of drawing and all these different things. And he literally looked and he's like, that art thing's a good thing. You know what I mean? And he's like, it's a tough living as a guy. And I thought, and he's like, do you, do you, you know what I mean? You're taking two of your passion and blah, blah, blah. But I come back and it was interesting because I look and I'm kind of like, and Alex Scratson said this to after we did a bunch of things. He's like, well, if you look at it, Rich, and I've done a bunch of trips with Elf and I told Elf, I'm like, you know, I wish I had been a guide and he's just this amazing guy. And he looked at me, he's like, well, you kind of backed into it, Rich, but you're kind of guiding. And I went, no, I wouldn't say. He's like, oh, yes. He goes, you even shifted my thought on a couple of things. And he's like, these are guides. He's like, you're guiding. And I was like, oh, thank you. You know what I mean? Those warm fuzzies. Isn't that funny? Any matter of fact about it, no emotion. Like, yeah, these are guys. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, thank you. Can I hug you? No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that crazy? So this passion that you had that you were sort of turned away from in the beginning, so early on in your journey, you've actually come full circle, but in a way that makes sense. Like, Totally. Not- and to the point where even one of my friends from the art college, I introduced him to hiking and I would bring him out hiking with us. And he's a passionate hiker. Now I showed him this. I, I was hesitant. He's like, what are you working on? I'm like, Oh, not, not, nothing. He's like, cause I wanted to get it right. He's a great designer. He's very articulate. I knew he was going to rip it apart. And so about a year and a half later, I show him and he looks at me and goes, finally. And I was like, what? He's like, 20 years ago, after we graduated, you went on this diatribe one night in Robson about how guys need to do this and this. I'm like, no, I didn't. He goes, yes, you did. I clearly remember you, the high and mighty on your soapbox about what guides need to be. And I'm like, really? It's like, yeah. It's like, so it took you 20 years. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess it was a long, long trail. Like, and there's so many metaphors with the trail and the path. And you know what I mean? So, yeah, I just started laughing. And I'm like, yeah. Sometimes some people know you better than yourself. <laughs> wow, isn't that crazy? Looks like yeah, you- I see it now. Yeah, looks I'm like you found your way back. Sorry? Looks like you found your way back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what would you say is the next step for Wayfinder? Mm, it starts this year with, with our launch. We've kind of got a broader concept of why we've chosen the roads we have and how they link to kind of Canadian heritage and culture. So with a, a year under our belt, I want to now start talking about the technology stuff. I have built in, be, being in the technology space and loving it, I still have a lot of ideas in the can. So what really we need to do is pair or find that partner or that, you know, somebody who wants to work in that app setting and someone who's collaborate. Cause as much as I love technology, I can inform the branding of it. I want somebody who can lead it and charge us and move us into space 
And there's lots of gamification potential. I've built it into this, having worked in gaming and having worked in branding. So really looking for a partner, you know, reach out to us and, and start a collaboration because that's one of the things that we've done really well so far is we're a small team is we're trying to invite people in who are passionate about the trail and who have good ideas because that's the other thing that I found is collaboration. I love being the creative director for one thing. I get to ask all these really hard questions or these really cool questions and then I get to collect them and I get to go. And a lot of the times the good ideas don't come from me. They come from the developer. They come from the, and now I get to go and examine, well, what did you mean when you said that? Because that was interesting. And when I put that back on them, it blows up. So that's why I just feel like we built this in a silo, ready to adopt technology. We're just looking for that person who, who's kind of ready to jump in and help us and really inform us that here's some potentials and here's really the usability of it too. So we started at the beginning of this podcast talking about how this is really um, some a return to the old school, using technology to adapt to the old school. But it sounds like in the future, it's not that you want to isolate from technology. You want to appeal to the adventure who wants to disconnect, but you also eventually want to grow into the adventures that maybe do like using their smartphones, really do like mapping that out, like the competitive nature of being on hikes together um, and, and, you know, competing with one another. So there's actually two avenues that you're really pursuing. Totally. And, and we say abreast that. And that's one of the fun parts about this is I look at this as a game board. It gives you instant context. Now, when you're looking at your watch topo or you're looking at your phone topo, you have such a small screen space. The context is lost. Where's the information in relation to the trail? So with our context and our game board, like I look at that app as, yeah, we're going to take this to the next level. And the thing is, it's the contextual content that's available to further the narrative. Like, who were the first tribes through here? Who were the first steps? And, you, you know, when hunting changed in 1,700 years ago, how did these passes open up? Okay, now that horse travel, there's so much of the narrative that's lost. And with more of that narrative, our whole goal, and this is where technology is so beautiful of enriching the story, if we can connect people, through the context of this information, we have warriors for nature. I, and I know it sounds funny, but context and content, they create a connection that leads to conservation. If you love something, you're going to fight for it. If you know the beauty of it and you know how it fits into the natural world and into your life and how it fits into the greater scheme of things, you're more inclined to protect it. Less waste. Proper use of our resources, the proper use of all these different things. And I think that's one of the lessons that we learn in here. So no, we want technology and we're ready for that to kind of gamify it. But appropriately, we have to be very delicate and very subtle. And, and we have to be very respectful of both the user and the space that we're entering. Everything you know now and, and how things come full circle, what advice would you give to your younger self? I... I would give myself my mantra. I've had a mantra. It came from, from my art school teacher. Um, but patience, perspective, and discipline. Every day, get up and be patient. Be patient, be patient, be patient. That patience will let you see what you're being patient about and what you're working on. It. On That perspective will come, and with discipline, you'll get there. And that's what Ron, he said that. He just said, Rich, 
and he was he was my favorite teacher. He's my first real mentor. You know, I've I've had many, but he was the first real mentor in my adult life. And he said that he said, "Go out there." And he knew my dad, and he knew you know I come from an entrepreneur side, and he knew my dad, and he just said, "You're not going to be just a designer forever. You are going to be a sponge, though." And he said, "You're going to get out there, and you're going to take everything. You're not going to say no for 15 years." And I was like. And, 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 and when he did stuff like this, I wrote it down because it's even in journal. And I, he said, okay, and then you're going to get out there and you're going to be patient. You're going to have perspective and you're going to work hard every day. And I took from him patience, perspective, and discipline. Mm-hmm. And he's like, one day when you're 60, because this is a vocation, this isn't a job, you'll turn around and you'll be right where you want. So, And it's funny, dismissed it a bit, thought it was great, had other teachers who said the same message to me in a little more convoluted way so i've done that i have there's been times where i you know you've been so sorrowful you didn't get it but you just put your head down with patience perspective discipline and in time you know why you didn't get it or what it didn't mean and the fact that i'm here now shows i didn't need a bunch of that stuff i thought i did i absolutely love chatting with you on a regular basis i think it's always so inspiring you're so passionate about it and again i've i've told you this so many times i love the artwork i love the detail um you're extremely talented and so the coolest part about today is being able to share what you do with wayfinder share your passion and the stories behind it so thank you so much for taking the time to actually do this uh, podcast with me and, and sharing your story um, for any listener who wants to get in touch with you what's the best way to for them to reach out um, so reach out. Uh, I've got an email address. It's Rich Rollick. I'll spell that out. Rich, R-I-C-H, Rollick, R-A-W-L-Y-K, and at thewayfindercompany.com. Instagram, again, we're on there, um, The Wayfinder Company, uh, Rich Rollick's on Instagram. There's different ways to get me. LinkedIn, you know, the, the regular social social venues. I'm on most of them. Awesome. Well, and I will post those in uh, the dialogue box so that anyone who wants to get in touch can get in touch. But thank you so much, Rich, and like uh, continued success on your dreams of, of really taking us back to nature and getting reconnected with it. It's it's such a beautiful story. And again, all of your passion really shows. So thank you. Oh, thank you for the chance. It's fun too to talk. Like again, when I say this, it's been a big collaborative effort. I'm, I, I get to speak kind of on behalf of the whole team, but there's so many people who have taken these out hiking. They've ripped them apart, given us feedback. So thank you to the team. And yeah, that was awesome. That was Thanks awesome. for being Yeah, well, I've got to go find my way now. <laughs> You're coming? Yeah, we're getting you out hiking. <laughs> Done. Yeah. <laughs>